0: Welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History,
1: produced by
0: the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School.
1: The coronavirus has caused us to shelter in our homes for the foreseeable future. One of the few reasons to leave home would be to get some outdoor exercise. Fortunately, our area is blessed with many great walking trails. This is the history that can be found along one of them.
0: 110 years ago this week, surveyors for the Boston and Maine Railroad were in Hinsdale mapping out a rail route along the east side of the Connecticut River. In 1911, newspapers reported that 1,200 men worked on the construction of the Fort Hill Rail Line. A majority of them were immigrant Italian laborers. Building this section of the rail from the Ashwilett River to the east side of the Connecticut River, opposite today's Riverside Industrial Center, was dangerous and expensive. Over 1.5 million cubic yards of excavation occurred to attain the appropriate grade for the rail line. There was a great deal of blasting and drilling of ledge along the river. Six Italian railroad laborers died during the construction.
1: The Fort Hill Rail Line of the Boston and Maine Railroad operated from 1913 to 1981. In 1983, the railroad tracks were removed from the Fort Hill Line, and the Fort Hill Recreational Rail Trail was established. Snowmobiling, walking, biking, skiing, fishing, and birding are some of the activities that now take place on the nine-mile trail along the Connecticut River.
0: While walking this trail, it is exciting to recognize all of the history found along the route of the old rail line. The southern end of the trail begins at a dirt parking lot at Dole Junction in Hinsdale on Route 63. The Ashville Recreation Rail Trail is on the other side of the road, so you can extend your time outdoors by exploring that trail as well.
1: A little over a mile north on the trail is a wooden bridge over the Ashwilett River. Continuing north, you come to a large bend in the trail that follows the contour of the Connecticut River. An old path on the left leads to the namesake of the Fort Hill Trail, the location of an Abenaki fortified settlement from the 1660s. Also, an access road leads to the Vernon Dam, which was built in the early 1900s.
0: Continuing north along the trail, you experience the amount of excavation and filling needed to be done to create the proper grade for the railroad. Walls of land on either side rise up from the trail and give way to a causeway that is accessible from Prosper Street off Route 119. This is a popular place for fishing and access to the setbacks along the Connecticut River caused by the Vernon Dam.
1: The trail gets a little narrower here as you can look across the river and see the remains of the Vermont Yankee Nuclear Power Station that began operating in 1972. The reactor was permanently shut down in 2014.
0: Further north on the trail, you come to an old fancy white house on the right. It was built in 1759 and was the home of Colonel Ebenezer Hinsdale. It is now owned by the Hinsdale Historical Society. The town of Hinsdale was charted in 1753 and was named for the colonel. For a while, the land on the west side of the Connecticut River, now called Vernon, was also named after the colonel. Hinsdale served as the chaplain at Fort Dummer beginning in 1735. Anna Hunt Marsh, the daughter of Vermont Lieutenant Governor Jonathan Hunt, owned the house for a short time as well. She willed money and set in motion the plans to begin the Brattleboro Retreat in 1834.
1: Back in 1742, Hinsdale built a blockhouse along the Ash Swamp Brook, where it now enters into the Connecticut River. You can find a marker for the fort along a path on the left side of the trail. The Hinsdale Fort was built to house a local garrison of soldiers to complement the military force at Fort Dummer across the river. Hinsdale also built a grist mill at nearby Liscombs Brook that served the first European settlers on both sides of the river.
0: Just north of the Hinsdale House is another path off to the left that leads to the remains of a paper mill owned by the International Paper Company. It was built in 1918 and remained in operation into the 1930s. Four-foot logs were floated down the Connecticut and West Rivers to the mill where they were processed into newsprint and tissue paper.
1: Traveling further north on the trail, you can look through the woods on your left and see the setbacks along the Connecticut River. It is along here that a bald eagle's nest has been established, and you can witness the eagles soaring overhead. By the 1960s, humans had almost wiped out bald eagles with DDT and other pesticides. It's nice to know the eagles have returned to our area.
0: Continuing north on the right side of the trail, you can see the outline of the Fort Dummer ferry path. This path was established in 1724 when the fort was built across the river. The rail bed has split the faded path in two and it is impossible to find the path leading to the river. The path going east from the trail can be located and it leads up to Route 119. Across the road from 119, on the hill at the beginning of Old Brattleboro Road, is the Fort Dummer Cemetery. You will find the first European settlers of the area buried there.
1: Not too much further north, as you look through the woods to the left, you will see the location of Fort Dummer the first permanent European settlement in the area. Across the river from the Fort Hill Recreational Trail is a spot where Europeans first established a foothold in what would later become Vermont. In 1724, the province of Massachusetts Bay commissioned a blockhouse along the Connecticut River. It was made of red pine timber stacked like a log cabin. The fort served as a military and trading post into the 1760s. This area was the homeland of indigenous Abenaki, and the region was a disputed frontier between British and French colonies. Fort Dummer was built to provide English settlements south of this location with protection from Native American and French military expeditions.
0: The Vernon Dam was completed in 1909 and flooded the banks along the Connecticut River. Over 150 farms on either side of the river, from Vernon to Bellows Falls, lost land to the elevated height of the river. The location of Fort Dummer was also flooded by the raised level of the water.
1: By this time, the trail has narrowed down to a thin path, and looking again across the river to the west, you can see a large yellow building that is now Riverside Industrial Center. That location was involved in manufacturing since 1900 when the Snowflake Canning Company began operations. The canning company owned the factory space until Dummerston Granite took over and built its large granite shed in 1922. Dummerston Granite operated there until 1942. In 1944, EnerGene bought the plant and reconfigured it. EnerGene operated until 1960. In 1960, a Canadian paper company took over the location and expanded the operation again. Irving Paper took over in 1972 and sold to Georgia Pacific in 1987. Georgia Pacific operated the plant until 2001 when it was sold to SCA, a Swiss company that shut the paper mill down in 2003.
0: A little further north on the trail, you come to the end of the walk through history at the Boston and Main Railroad Bridge. This bridge has not been maintained since the 1980s, so it is unsafe to cross. Looking north up the river from the bridge, you can see what is left of the island that supported the two bridges connecting Brattleboro with Hinsdale. The first bridge to connect Brattleboro with Hinsdale was built in 1804.
1: The island was the home of Island Park, an amusement area that operated from 1911 to 1927. Just beyond the island, on the Brattleboro Riverbank, was the landing area for the flatboats that transported goods up and down the Connecticut River before the train arrived in 1849. This river trade began in the late 1700s and provided the capital to build much of what would become downtown Brattleboro. The retreat trails, the West River Rail Trail, and the trails at Fort Dummer State Park are also wonderful ways to practice social distancing while still getting a little exercise. We'd like to thank 8th grader Cassie Earp, for her help researching this article. Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.